Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for March 9th of 2018. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh for HockeyHurts.com. Have we gone back to back to back weeks? Yeah, this is ridiculous. What's going on? I don't know. Um, So, yeah, um, I've been relegated to upstairs in my bedroom. Uh, I pawned off the children with the Nintendo Switch and and the new Kirby demo. So if shit hits the fan, you're going to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be Kirby, (laughs) goddammit. Video game systems have gotten better over the years, but something that has stood the test of time is fucking arguing over video games. So... (laughs) That will that will never change. No, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I can hear them a little. They seem happy, but uh, so I they, can't hear them yet. So they're obviously happy enough. But they could turn upset, kind of like Ron Francis. <laughs> oh, that has to be one of your best transitions ever. <laughs> because they're all terrible. But yeah. Oh. Um. So yeah, okay, we're gonna I'll talk w- a little bit about Carolina. And kind of what they're doing. Uh, talk some MVP stuff. I've seen a lot of people uh, discussing that, and I have some more general opinions. Not not even so much about who I I think should win, or maybe a little bit of that. But and then um, the NHLPA survey, maybe. Yeah. Sure. We didn't talk about yeah, that sure. before. Yeah. It just popped in my head. You know, very organized here. So, um, so I guess we'll start with Carolina. Bubble playoff team uh, decided to promote Ron Francis to uh, whatever position. It's one of those not-a-promotion deals. It's a demoted promotion. He will not have any say in hockey personnel uh, decisions. Uh per the new owner. So it comes as a little bit of a surprise. I've heard some people give some legitimate reasons why they might want to make a change. But overall, I th- I think he's done just fine considering the hole he had to dig out of. I, I think everybody that sort of pays a little bit of attention to Carolina wouldn't suggest that they're... Um, uh, I know they're not star studded. They've worked in the constraints of their budget quite well to get a competitive team. Francis took a gamble on who he wanted to be starting goalie. He didn't get that gamble, and they're a bubble team again. If you get league average goaltending with this Carolina team, I'd love to know how many extra wins that would accrue them, but I'd suggest that they wouldn't be just five points behind New Jersey. And that's what's that's what's lost him his job. No, they'd be in a playoff spot, and and let's be honest, we're talking about thirty-five-ish games of Scott Darling. Yeah, which any goalie is capable of playing really bad. There was risk to that that move, but you could certainly understand it. Well, they had to move away from Ken Ward being the starter. The problem you've got is Darling's been. I think his numbers are a little worse than Ward's. So if you're, you know, if your decision turns into being a worse goaltender than Cam Ward, 
I don't think it's a fireable offence, but it is something they need to try and rectify, which is why I wanted them to bring in somebody else at the trade deadline to try and right the ship. But too late for for Ronnie Franchise now. He's going to have to just sit back and get paid to watch. Yeah, and and this goaltending thing has been a long-running thing. You could maybe hypothesize about Bill Peters' coaching style and save percentage. I don't know we've the validity of to, that. but We've got nothing in him in a different environment to work out whether that's the case, though. That's the problem with that. Like you said, the theory's fine. You go, no, no, he does, but like great. years of no matter who's been goaltending that team. Oh, they've been terrible. You're exactly right. So you can't really label it on Peters, but if you put Peters in a different environment, that's going to be our next point of call. Oh, well, yeah. To, to just like to, to verify by that theory. But yeah, I'd forgotten about the whole Carolina's goaltenders have just sucked no matter who's been coach. No, when Peters has been coach, specifically. Yeah, but you go outside of Peters and they've all sucked. Darling was good last year. But Darling's in a, a totally new environment. How many goalies have changed teams and been lights out the next year? No, understood. I just think that you'd fire the coach first and not Ron Francis. I don't think Francis had a choice in the matter. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying as the owner, I would have removed the coach first. I, but it's, it's really weird. It's one of those things where I look at that, that lineup, the young... I think their oldest player is Jordan Stall at 29. Um, they've got a really, really good back end. Which and, which was built from scratch for the most part. C- correct. So the guy that's overseen that transition from, this is hilarious to say, the Jim Rutherford mess. Um, it was a mess there, though. It, that's that's why it's hilarious to say. Like I, I remember when he became GM of the Penguins, I was legitimately concerned because of the mess that he constructed in Carolina. And he's done things a little differently. Um, it feels like the team around him in Pittsburgh hasn't allowed him to do anything like he had it in Carolina. But yeah, Francis he's, got he's done a lot differently. Of mess. He, he, what was that? He, he did a lot differently. He magically traded for uh, Crosby, Malkin, uh, Latang. <laughs> Yeah, but you could still fuck that up. It, he has certainly not done that because the Kessel trade's great. That That's an all-time great trade. Yeah, he will always be a feather in his cap. But the big difference is, and I bet any GM would agree with this, you got leverage when you, you already have all that stuff and you're able to then uh, get the complementary pieces, whereas he left Carolina... He didn't really have much of anything. No, I mean when you're when you're when all of your players are playing at their best level and your best players are like Jeff Skinner and Jordan Stahl in the forward half of the ice, you just you you have to have so much depth across the lineup to make up for the skill gap. It's just it's just a tough challenge. So I don't know um just give the job to Eric Tulski. <laughs> um, I think he's sticking around. From I, think I would, I would hope building, so. I think they're going to be building the analytics department. And I've heard some mixed things. Like the night of the original report, you hear that the owner wants to be like Mark Cuban, and I 
made a tweet like, okay, self-sabotage, here we come. And yeah. then today, I think on Sportsnet, he was saying how he doesn't want to make any of the decisions. Yeah, well, so I think that's how Cuban. I think, I think that's legitimately how Cuban started. Well, the deal with this is actions will speak louder than than words, and we'll just have to let it uh, play out. Be interesting to see who that GM hire is. It'll be interesting to see whether we get a Florida purge or whether they go. This roster looks okay. We've just got to try and magically find that that game-changing player. It sounds like Toronto has gotten a little bit worried because I think Lou Lamarillo is getting the uh, promotion demotion at the end of the year. Oh, and they're going to give it to Dubis? I mean, at some point they have to, right? If they're smart, yes. No, but I mean, you know, he's. I'm sure he wants to take that job over because it's a great situation, one of the best in the league. But at some point, you know, you don't want to get botterled either. No, no. So I think that's going to take him off the market. I guess the one thing, uh, the, the, the most um, valid criticism I saw of Francis was somebody had tweeted out that he'd never made an NHL player-for-player player trade in four years, which I... It's, it's funny that for, was for me that... It, see, I don't think it is that surprising. I think I know where because, you're going with this, and I think I'll eventually be on your side with it. Yeah, I just don't think he had the flexibility to do anything. It's a little bit like... We, you know, I've been very uh, negative about uh, Melnick in regards to the fact that everything for him at the moment is all about money. Well, that's the the concept that Rutherford loves to leave. He always said that he hated the fact that finances had to be such a deciding factor in the decisions he made. Well, Ron Francis played well within those sorts of things. So I, I think that's where he gets handcuffed. He could never trade for a player that had more salary than he was giving away. They had all this cap space, but they were never allowed to actually use it. So except, I don't mind except not... Except Jim is uh, easy to forget the Alex Semen extension the one time they let him spend money. So you don't blame them for being gun-shy <laughs> at all, do you? No, I you mean... Did, what? No. no um, I was a big uh, uh, proponent of Alex Semen, the NHL player at the time. I don't know why he felt the need to give him like a seven or eight year contract because of that one year. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Who was he bidding against with that? Yeah, exactly. So I guess um, the finances are totally a legit thing, at least when it was uh, Carmanos. But who's, um, it'll remains to be seen who the, uh, how much the new owner spends but he's pretty rich with his subprime loans uh, scam he's got going on. Right. So, okay. He'll be fine then. Yeah. Um, I guess the other uh, aspect of the Carolina Hurricanes, him or Ron Francis not trading NHL player for player, would be they're kind of 
been a team that he's been slowly building. So player for player doesn't really fit the building aspect, whereas trading nope. player for picks would make kind of uh, more sense, I guess. He's not the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> no. <laughs> trading, what did they get? You see Jokin in for Thomas Vanek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the, where's the what value? I don't understand. And I've yeah. always liked Jokin in, but that's just, what are you doing? Yep. It's been on waivers like three times. Take a seventh round pick for crying out loud. Yeah, take something that could be something that you don't know. It's that's this this year. Like if you got to the deadline this year and he hasn't really traded player for player at all with his roster, you can make the case that maybe he should have. Um, but I, if he, yeah, I think it's a an unjust criticism uh, leading up to this trade deadline. Yeah, um, it's uh, the situation came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, I it, I think for me one of the reasons it was like in the out of nowhere for me was you know they're in the middle of a playoff push. All of this kind of stuff's either done prior to the deadline. Or you wait until the end of the year and you do a, a house clean. And to do it now is like, well, why didn't you do it before the deadline? Because you'd get somebody in to do something. So who knows? This might turn out wonderfully for them. They'll make it a general manager and everything turns the corner. But it's um, certainly a different way of handling things in the NHL. And I have to admit I'm a proponent of different. So I can't really complain. <laughs> yeah. Um, where do they go from here? Be be funny if they just got average goaltending next year and we're like lights out. And that that could happen. Like if they end up keeping Scott Darling, nothing tells me that they they won't. Nothing says in what Darling does that he he won't be better than he is this year. That's the thing. Yeah. Um. Goaltending, man, they've had a, just a really bad run of it. Really bad. They're a top five possession team. Like they should be yeah. going to the playoffs. Yep. And yeah, no possession's not everything. Yeah, no shit. But it's a great indicator of a team that's capable. If you're top five, you should make the damn playoffs. The if only top... only thing that could keep you back is goaltending. Because even if you shot like shit with average goaltending, you'd probably still come out on top. They're minus 25 goals. They're, they're, like for the year, the Islanders are only one goal worse off than the Hurricanes are, and the Hurricane, and the Islanders are a tire fire in net this year as well. And giving up shots. But, yeah. Like, you just... Goaltending can tank a year. Look at Fleury. He tanked a couple of playoff runs. It, do, it doesn't... It does not – Philadelphia argue, argue they've had um, decades of years tanked due to terrible goaltending decisions in that. So, you know, goaltending is – it's one of those positions that if you've got good goaltending, you don't worry about it. But when you have terrible goaltending, it destroys everything that you've got. And it cost Francis his job. It really did. 
in my opinion, because I think if they make the playoffs, the the new owner, you know, and I don't blame owners that just buy a franchise that, that want their people in there. Absolutely. And it might just be one of those those kind of situations. It makes it a little bit more difficult when it's Ronnie franchise. And he's you... like the number one, like Hartford Whaler and Carolina Hurricane, plus the prestige of playing in Pittsburgh with Mario and Yager. Like, and he's second all time. Well, shit. Did Yager fuck that up? He used to be second all time in assists. And I don't think people knew that. Yeah. It's the, it's one of those How about things that? where. Because if it's not him, it's Yager. <laughs> and Lemieux, and they were a line in 95, 96, I believe. Yeah, they were. Oh, geez. That must have sucked to play against. I'd like to see the Corsis on that fucking line. <laughs> we talk about the, the 07, 08 Red Wings. Shit, man. 75%? I don't know. I mean, you're talking about fucking three, like, all-timers on the same line. Well, uh, all scoring a hundred points or, or close to it. The the controlled zone entries and the controlled oh, God, exits. Yeah. That's the stuff that I think would show you the separation of those three compared to the particularly back then when it was it was dump and chase. Almost every team was exclusively dump and chase. Not those guys. I couldn't see Mario fucking dumping and going to get it. <laughs> no, no. Or Yager. Hang on, was 96 the year that the Panthers fucking hacked their way to the finals and got torched? Or was that 97? No, that, that was, was 96, wasn't 96 it? 96 was the one of the worst things to ever happen to hockey because Florida was a shitty expansion team, and they were shitty. There's nobody good on that team. There were, no, you're right. I don't want to be rude to the people that were on that team. There were capable players on that team. But they were not an Eastern Conference final team. And they sure as shit shouldn't have been able to skate with that Penguins team. But they no, got to can water game off tackle. Mario Lemieux, Yammer Yager, Ron Francis. I don't know if Kevin Stevens was still around. I can't. Marty Straka. Was, was Straka on that team? I'm pretty sure he was. Wasn't he a Panther at some point? Oh, uh, I swear he was a Penguin. Oh, no, he came back to the Penguins, didn't he? Because he, he, he left and came back. Um, anyways, it was it sent a shock through the league that, well, fuck it. We'll just sign some big loafs and fucking have them hang and grab on people. We don't need to fucking waste our money on these star players. Unless you were the Rangers right. and then you kind of never got a purchase right for, for that time <laughs> But All right, here we go. Here we go. It Lemieux, was... Jaeger, Nedved, Zubov, oh, Zubov. JJ, Daniel, Mario ran Fritz. Zubov out, if I'm correct, and that was a terrible mistake. Yeah. Because Zubov's a Hall of Fame caliber player. It was still not there yet. Um, Smolenski, Glenn Murray, Sandstrom was there. Thomas Kevin Sandstrom. Yeah. Thomas, no H. I used to get all his Kings cards that was, during the look, score was... 91 days. I'll say I'll say this about <clears throat> excuse me I'll say this about that roster. Fuck, it was top heavy, but good God, does it taper off very quickly? Yeah, but most did then. But 
top heavy, that might have been like one of the best lines ever. Oh no, I, absolutely. I mean, like you could throw me a Wayne Gretzky line, but I could make a strong argument that Mario's better than Wayne. Yager, we I have made the argument that he's better than Wayne, even though that's yeah. not that's not. Um, I understand that I'm in the the extreme minority in that, but all I gotta say is go look up their YouTube highlights and you tell me which one, um, <laughs> you know, is doing doing the thing um, with actual goalies in that. And then Ron Francis second in assist, unless the other guy beat him that was on his line. <laughs> that might be the best line of all time. Not going to go far from it. Yes, I'm going with that. Indisputable. It's done. Hockey Hurts has said it. Over. <laughs> but um, back to the shitty Panthers, because I love ripping on Sorry. fucking assholes. Uh, not, well, I guess I can rip on the current team, too, but they're on a hell of a winning streak. It's more of a ripping on Dale Talon thing. Anywho, that loss in the Eastern Conference Finals is why Mario retired. I know. That's that's the thing. How sad is that? Is that? Yeah, injuries certainly played a... Um, uh, you can't say it didn't play a significant role. But when you look at the... Pan- you said the Penguins roster tapered off? That was the yeah, whole I don't know if I want to look at the. I don't know if I want to have a look at the other one. I mean, Tom Barrasso sucked. Yeah, he did. Then, well, I don't think he was ever all that great. I I do think Flurry's the best Penguins goalie of all time. They haven't had uh, great goalies over the course of time. No. No, 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 they haven't. They've got by on they've got by on there. It's hilarious how different their hockey club is compared to their football club. Their football club was built on defense first. And then sort you look of. at yeah, Bradshaw well, is a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's true. Yeah, that's very, very and let's true. Let's be honest. Quarterback drives success even back then. Uh less so then than now. Um speaking of which, the Bills traded Tyrod Taylor today. I saw that. Yeah. Do you, does that mean anything to you? Like, do do you have a um, a thought? <laughs> like, how many Bills games have you ever seen? Uh, I just know about the Bills through you. How many and, Bills uh, games have you, you seen? And, you and Mr. Bad Food Take. They're the two that I know. Have you ever seen a Bills game? Um, back when they lost the four in a row? Oh, okay. See... I don't view that as, um, well, I view it as a negative because, yeah, of course you want to win one of them, but I had so much fun as a kid watching those teams, and I look back on those teams, and it was a lot of fun when your team's going for it and they're in the final. It It's cool. And they get made fun of, but I think the accomplishment's still pretty impressive. Yeah, well, they get they get made fun of basically because they never won one. But four in a row is ridiculous. It's really cool. And they ran yeah, into they just... the Cowboys the last two years, which 
was unfortunate timing. That those cowboy teams were fucking ridiculous too. The thing that's funny though is if they win two out of four of those, they they the whole view of that franchise and probably everything that happens after that era is completely different. Like that just shows you how close it all is. Do you know what I mean? Jim Kelly retired in 1996. Tyrod Taylor, in my opinion, was the best quarterback since him. And we're in 2018. You know how many shitty, unathletic white quarterbacks I've had to watch over the years? Yeah, that's not good. (laughs) It's fucking brutal. And I think the Bills are totally correct to move on. And I think that's okay. And I appreciate Tyrod Taylor's time. And he broke the playoff drought since 1999. The last Bills playoff game before that was the Music City Miracle, and I missed it because I was playing high school hockey. <laughs> no, not good enough. No, that's that wasn't good. And um, I think the Bills are positioning themselves to trade up in that first round and get one of those highly touted quarterback prospects, and I'm all for it. It'll be a nice... Uh, Nice change of pace, hopefully. So, well, there's your football um, update. We need to hurry up and have some of these playoff races. Some of these teams fall out of the playoffs so we can start talking about who's going to play who, maybe, or whatever. Well, these, these next 12 games or so are tough. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, any other things on the Hurricanes? No, it's just it's one of those things where... Like, I know, I know when Florida changed course and, you know, moved right away from what they were doing and then they gave away one of the best lines in hockey to Vegas, um, we all shat all over Florida for going back oh, to... Oh, I still will. I do, that will no, not no, change. No, no, I get that. The thing that's hilarious is that if they keep going on this tear and there's nothing at the moment to tell me they won't, they'll probably make the playoffs. And the thing that I find hilarious is that the process they went through, I think, was wrong. And process is what pans out in the end in this sport because there's so many coin flips. Ah, but you wait you wait until all the media hacks that hate the fucking stats boys go to town on the fact that Florida makes the playoffs this year. So I'm curious to see what Carolina does decision-making-wise whether they are going to just have different people run the same sort of stuff that they've been doing and have a slightly different view, or whether they are going to blow it up. I know you said that Tulski's going to get more of a crew around him, so maybe it will stay very similar. And, and a data rink is also there. So they have somebody creating a database. Well, yeah. Okay. Which is huge, I, too. Yeah, to actually have your own numbers that you can trust. Maybe some of the computer boys will go there. That's bad for us. Great for them. <laughs> bad for us. Why is it bad for us? Bad for us? Well, they usually have to take their shit down. They're already in Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. My bad. Dale, I was Dale, just Dale might, general. This winning streak might make Dale double down and get rid of people. Well, the question, yeah. There, there are, it's the thing that sucks for for us as fans, is you don't know how much they're being listened to. Now, like, is is, is Bobby B listening to them and trying to work out the best way to utilize his, his roster? I believe Sam Ventura's promotion has him 
um, at the table. Yeah, and it's it's those sorts of things. It's like the numbers are never going to be right 100% of the time. Nothing ever is. But it gives you more coin flips that you hope fall your way than not. And I, I think the Ryan Reeves thing is a really good example of that. They, We've gone over the Ryan Reeves thing, but getting rid of <laughs> I can't him, believe the fucking Vegas Golden Knights' big ask to take the Brasserad money was fucking Ryan Reeves. I cannot believe. And Rutherford didn't want to trade him. But he's like, well, I guess if you want him. Wow. It's yeah. crazy that it took that much of a lopsided deal to be open to moving him. He sucks. And he's already cost, I, I still, he cost Vegas games like his first few. I he's don't like, understand. That's how I play. For take a general manager that did such a good job of building a team and, and you know, striking lightning with how well that team's played, that's the kind of, that's like a Philip Forsberg style fuck up move for Martin Erat sort of thing. And it's the wow. same general manager. Oh, yeah, for McPhee's standpoint. I do want to walk back my uh, insulting voice for Ryan Reeves because I am criticizing his hockey, not um, him. Oh, he seems, yeah, well, he seems like a good dude. Yeah, no, I, I will continue to criticize his role. I will not begrudge him of his ability to make money from that role because that's not his fault. Nope. I will continue to criticize though those that find his hockey play valuable. I think that's a key distinction, though. It needs to be. So, uh, my brother, the Vegas Golden Knights season ticket holder, is like, <laughs> Ryan Reeves, question mark. I go, you don't even read your brother's blogs? <laughs> 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 He's asking how he was. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. oh, smart ass. Uh, so, you want to do the MVP stuff? Yeah. Would you be okay if I let off with some thoughts on that? Go for your life. Okay. Before we talk about individual candidates, I fucking hate the wording of the Hart Trophy. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Most valuable to his team. What the fuck does that have to do with the player? It doesn't. You know what it tells me about? The GM. So because you're awesome on a great team, you're not more like you're not eligible for the most prestigious award in the sport, individual award other than the Conn Smythe, I suppose. The most prestigious regular season award. You I know what I mean? Strange, like, yeah. No, but it hasn't because you got people. Okay, so maybe I will drag some individuals into this. Taylor Hall is a legitimate Hart Trophy candidate. The way I view it, let alone the way that people are voting on it. But when I hear about Taylor Hall has this many points and the next the next closest guy is Nico Hershier, and I don't give a fuck who the second guy is. That gap is not relevant. Taylor Hall, like, yes, he's having a wonderful year, but like, that tells me he ain't got shit around him. And yes, that could be a reason when you look at relative stats. But like, I hate the idea of most valuable to team. It should be a straight up most outstanding player award. And of course, somebody 
tweeted at me, don't you know about the fucking Ted Lindsay award? And it's like, don't you know the players vote on that? That's not the writers that vote on everything else. I think there should be a most outstanding player award for for writers and players. But that's the thing. You know how you said prestige and the MVP? I think it's lost it. I, I think the Ted Lindsay's more respected by the players now than... Well, they vote for it. It's always going to be respected more by them. <laughs> no, but I, I think the, yeah, the but players... Like... Like when people do these all-time arguments, how many cups, how many MVPs did he have? Like, and those arguments are silly, but it matters to the players. And I don't think because you have good teammates, it should disqualify. Like Nikita Kucherov would be my pick right now. Just because he's on Tampa doesn't mean, like, is he most valuable? Tampa would make the playoffs anyways. Well, there's a reason everybody thinks Tampa's going to steamroll everybody. And a big reason well, is other, Kucherov. If you get there and, and roll it out for Conor McDavid, well, even though he is the most valuable player to his team and theoretically the league at the moment, um, he seems still not going to make the playoffs. So how great can he be? I also don't like that argument. I know that will never change, and I'm not going to fight that battle. I think you can win the MVP with your team not being in the playoffs. Yeah, but like you said, that's not going to change. That will not change. And, I, and I'm and i not suggesting uh, McDavid for MVP, but he's on pace for 98 points. <laughs> and I'm not going to ignore that because Peter Chiarelli's is GM. <laughs> that's punishing Connor. He, has, he didn't say, hey... I'd love it if the Oilers drafted me. Shit, it was all over his face when the fucking lottery. Yeah, but you know what I will condemn him for, though? Signing another deal. Signing that contract. I will condemn him for that. That was his choice. He didn't have to do that. He could he have very his way out of there. No, he should have just asked for 15 mil and said, fuck you. Yeah, anyway, I don't think that guy will be the general manager uh, after this year anyway. But um... So I feel very strongly about most outstanding because I'm so sick. Like, I hear other arguments. Like, Malkin's making quite a run right now. If he yes, scores yes, the yes. most goals, which neither of these are probable, but neither of what I'm about to say is 0%. In fact, I'd say it's at least 25% chance. He's two two goals behind Ovechkin. Um, and at the time of the last blog I wrote when I updated it, two points behind Kucherov. Why should it be held against him? You know, he's... Of course he plays with Sid on the power play. And he plays with Kessel. But... Like he's great. So why wasn't it why wasn't it held against Corey Perry that he did everything with Ryan Getzlaff next to him when he when he got the MVP over Sid at the end of the year because he had um, that I match had vacation. I had an MVP. Um, I did seven the last seven years of the Hart Trophy voting, and who should have won versus who did, and Crosby should have like four MVPs by now. I just uh, think it's Crosby fatigue. 
Yeah, but he has like one. Or yeah, two. He has two. The the problem you have though is that the bar is set so high for Sid that as soon as he has a period of time in any season where he drops away from it, a bit different now, he's past his prime, but as soon as he has any time where he's away from it, you you're in trouble because for him, you're like you're in trouble for voting because people are like, Well, you know, somebody else is, is being great and they're up near where Crosby is. So that's unexpected. It, it's it's that fatigue of somebody being great for so long. They yeah, get except honey some of those it. years it was Ovi that stole it from him. And then there Which was the fine. year... Uh, yeah, no. Sid deserved to win over him a few years, especially the lockout year. Ovi finished strong. Sid missed the Art Ross by two points, and he missed a month because Brooks Orpik hit him in the fucking jaw with a So what do, you do, what do you do the year Ovi gets 60? Then nobody gets 60 ever. Which one? Well, did Ovi win it the year he got 60? I would almost guarantee he did, didn't he? Oh, no, I wrote uh, some of Ovi's I agreed with. But some of them over Sid I didn't. And then there was... I think I gave Ovi the award over Henrik, Sedin, and Corey Perry. I'm getting my that's shit, man. It's too hard. You that, that, that stretch of blogs was a few years ago, man. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But that was my point. Like I wasn't thinking about how valuable they were to the team. I was looking at how impressive they were at driving play and creating offense. And that was even before the advent of uh, the Ryan Stimson tracking information and stuff like that, which Taylor Hall does a great job at. And... I think my man Gino does an even better job at it. Gino is a machine. Gino is so fucking good at controlling the blue lines. It's incredible. And that kind of skill is starting to garner the respect it deserves. But he is among the best at it. And it creates so much. To the point where he can play with Haglin and Hornquist, who neither of them have hands. Haglin has some speed, so he can do some zone entries. Hornquist isn't. But it's a great line, because Malkin could just do it all. Yeah. And and how about that for an MVP talk? Hey, let's put the guys with oven mitts on his line. He'll just fucking skate it in, and then they'll figure it out from there. But that... The point you make here sort of shows you how the MVP award is quite difficult for the media to get right because they only look at teams outside of their market with broad brushstrokes. So you get there and you go, you know, Malcolm Crosby and Kessel rack up a whole heap of points um, on the power play with Chris Letang. So you can make the easy assumption that that's where all their good work's done, but the fact that the Penguins are able to get by with their lineup being spread out on five on five. Like Malkin's, like you said, Malkin's ability to make Hagelin and, and Hornquist productive. The big three you know, play on and, three different lines right now. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. They're not they're not 1996ing them up and putting Jaeger, Lemieux, and, and Francis together. They've spread them right up down the lineup to try and get better play out of the lesser players on that roster. Like, as good as Connor McDavid is, 
Oh, actually, to prove how good Connor McDavid is on that Oilers team, you move Leon Dreisaitl away from McDavid, and he cannot produce. That That's one of the big holes in their lineup. You put Dreisaitl back with McDavid, and they're fantastic together. You, you, you separate good players from good players, and the, the best players still produce and help others produce around them. And, and that's probably where I would make the separation for somebody that should be an MVP and somebody that shouldn't. If you put, if you separated Kucherov um, from these other players on Tampa, would he still produce as, you, as he does now? I would venture yes. I think so. It's, it's the argument against Stamkos is that he's not really a play driver. He's a brilliant finisher, but he, he's not that play driver. How about Kucherov on last year carrying that team? Yeah. Without Stamkos. And they yeah. didn't make the playoffs, but the only reason they sniffed it was him. You know? Yeah. It just it just comes down to how I think in, in ten or fifteen years' time this particular conversation that we're having won't be happening because the people that are in the media will have changed how they look at the game because you look at a lot of the voters that are there at the moment, they're all gonna have to retire in the next ten to fifteen years. And there'll be a whole new crop of, of reporters and beat writers and, and media people that, that will have come in with this new view of the game embedded in how they've learnt the game of hockey. Well, and that will change the way some of these awards are done. I hope so. So do I. Um, Nate McKinnon deserves... Um consideration for the Hart Trophy, not because he's dragging what thought was thought a bad Colorado team. He's got 3.07 points per 60, second place in the NHL at even strength. Yeah, but he hasn't played enough games. See, there's your problem. Well, 59. The other guys are at 67. It's not like it's... No, but that's the way they will... That, that the, Most of the guys that are going to do this voting... Points per sixty doesn't matter. No, it's, it's not sheer totals, and that's that's Points the per game, which takes no consideration into coaches' player usage. No context, no at all. But that, like that once again, that comes back to the the doing this thing the lazy way. It doesn't actually take much to get on course. You could do a couple of searches on a spreadsheet and, and get there and go. All right, what are these? Where where are these guys contextually in regards to the guys that I'm thinking might be better? What than are them? they doing with the ice time they're given? Correct. Versus a whole game, which doesn't tell me much. No. I mean, Sid struggled at five on five this year. There's no two ways about it. Whereas Gino hasn't. Gino and and Kessel Gino's have been dropping. Gino's at two point six nine points per sixty. Sid's at like one point five ish. Yeah. Which. Still blows my mind because he's he's not playing bad, but this is his worst year by far at that. Yeah, and Gino's picked up the slack, man. He's twelfth overall among players. I I'm not going over to that Surface Pro. I can't see the fucking number. Um, too lazy. Uh, <laughs> you know, all the guys that are in this area have played at least 50 games. So the, the, the minutes played is, you know, legitimate. Yeah. And then, uh, so... take into, and then you take into consideration like the zone entry stuff, which I find very important. 
and, and all that. And, and, you know, I do appreciate the five on five scoring tells me more about a player, but you can't discredit the power play stuff. And Gino's a machine on that as well. It's, it's going to be interesting. In, I just laugh at the fact that I think, you know, he's Mr. 101. And I have a feeling... That... I love that he's Mr. 101, because ultimately, at first it made me very upset, because I know it means something to him. It does, that's the point I was about to make. I think that's really driving him this but, year, to be honest. Well, you know, only he knows, and I wouldn't discredit that. But the Mr. 101 has made him... Um, more people rally behind him, and I don't think he's been in like a, a complete shadow of of Sid. Well, but he got Sid the there first. is certainly. Um, I think it's muffled his impact, like as far as a a brand name, because the attention gets split more than it ever would. If he played on yeah. any other team, he's great. He I is. love Gino. He's such one of my favorite players, not of this team, but ever. No, and in a uh... lot of ways, I enjoy watching him more than Sid. But at the same time, I appreciate so many of the fucking things that makes like it's not either or. I love it. I love both. They're like they're like children. <laughs> you love your children, <laughs> and um, but Gino does some things Sid can't because of their body types, and it's so impressive. Likewise for Sid, though he does things that Gino can't. That's why they've worked so well together. They complement each other's skill sets so well, and allow the coaches to do so much with the lineup. So because they exist. Taylor Hall. Hey, man, I'm good if he wins MVP, even if I don't agree with um, the rationale for it, because, man, you can look at the Taylor Hall trade as Hall for Larson and Lucic. (laughs) Oh, that's fucking gold. Except here's the problem. Hall cannot win. The fucking... Professional Hockey Writers Association presidents, Mark Spector in Edmonton. You think he's going to admit a mistake? Uh, yeah, okay. okay. You got to hide your Canadian market, and none of them are going to open themselves up for their comeuppance. You know what I mean? That's the word we're after. Is it? I don't Yeah, no, I... I had, I'm, a it's, I'm a health teacher now. I suppose that's the other teacher. problem. That's the other problem I have with these awards being done by the, the Professional Riders Hockey Association is... Oh, they hold grudges. Yeah. Some of them are like children. Not all. It's it's absolutely... You know what would stop that? A you know, they weren't... I don't want to make it a blogger versus, um, you know, traditional media thing. But they whine about because there are shitty. Oh, you don't have to. It just has to have some straight Yeah, but they, they, there are some real shitty bloggers that are uh, carry themselves in a terrible way. 
But well, so do people in the professional hockey writers association. So, like, there's good in both, and there's terrible in both. But the petulant babies in the one think that they're um, they get to rise above it, and I say no, you don't. And you just mentioned the transparency of it, and I believe they're having a vote on making their votes public. Make them public. I don't understand why they get to question general managers and all that sort of stuff, write articles complaining about the lack of transparency, and then when they get to vote on something that actually affects players' remuneration or ability to get more money later on, you know, I, I, they, you can't have it both ways. You, you either allow everybody to, to make everything opaque so you can't see anything or you open everything up. But you have to be the leaders in doing that. No. They're supposed to be the gatekeepers to the players for us, right? They need to do a better job. Mark, it says here you voted Adam Larson third for the Hart Trophy. Could you please explain this? <laughs> What does that what does that tell you about the last little whole trade that they desperately have to say, Oh, but you've got to include Lucic in that trade? Oh, they already knew it well, was. Well we shit. are we are including Lucic in this trade now. <laughs> Cam Talbot has the same amount of motherfucking points as him in like twenty games or whatever. Uh, hey, there was a stage there. Hey, there's only the like five or six was... more years on that contract. There was a stage there where early in the year this podcast was let's get on and just trash the oilers. <laughs> Um, sort of scenario. I'm glad we moved away from that, but I don't think it can be said enough how terribly this team has been run into the ground by two or three decisions by a general manager that came in and won a Stanley Cup off the back of world never repeat ever again goaltending and a philosophy that is so outdated in regards to the way hockey is moving that the best player in the world is not making the playoffs a year after just getting in. Playing like the best player in the world. Almost. Yeah, it's not like he, it's not like he's in a slump or anything like that. Like he is absolutely crushing it with no help. And they're probably going to trade Cliff Bomb. Oh, I love it. I like how they feel like they were tricked by Ryan Strom. <laughs> How? How? You know, I'd like to see Jordan Eberle get some heart trophy votes. <laughs> if this is the last year they have it where it's not opaque, some a, a few of the riders, a few of the Calgary riders should just troll them. Oh man, I fucking love every bit about the Oilers' failures, but it's also why I didn't want Connor going there, and it was so disappointing. I, I, I had said I didn't want him going to New Jersey because of my biased hatred for them in the in their <laughs> style of play when I was in my formative years. But, man, NBC would actually show Connor McDavid on TV because it's an American market. He'd be on the East Coast, so the times would be a little bit better. Um, I, in hindsight, I would have been just fine with that yeah Sid, you look back Sid on versus it, you mcdavid go, for a few games a year so it's not good 
There's no other way to say it, really. It's not good. No, it sucks. It really does. Connor, sit out. Hold out. Get traded. But that you... Oh, man. Back to your contract thing. He fucked himself. Yep. Because to trade for Connor McDavid, the team trading for him, even with stupid management, it's still going to cost a shit ton. So you neuter the team you're going to. Yeah. Who's his who's his um who's his um, management I team? It, I don't think it mattered. See, you got to know and understand these young Canadian boys. You know, team first, do the right thing, da 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 da. And um, I think you're seeing uh, some of them wise up. The Carlson and Dowdy both coming out and saying, "No, we're 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 gonna get fucking paid. <laughs> You're gonna pay us, and that's gonna be that." <laughs> Whereas Connor, who had the most leverage of anybody, punted on it. Like Jack Eichel got ten million. Connor McDavid's at twelve and a half. Don't be shocked if Austin Matthews is. Right on the McDavid number. It 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 also shows you why. Um, Might you even need eclipse to make pay. It. What was that? Might even eclipse it. Well, t- you know, I, I Toronto don't have to though. In that market, they could just pay him the extra stuff, everything outside of it, with all the other sponsorship deals you can do in that city. I don't know if that's... I mean, he could look at it that way. Matthews. Yeah. But Toronto is... The Leafs can't have that as part of... No, I fully understand that aspect to it. But if I was the Leafs trying to sell, please do not make us pay you 13 mil a year because we need the cap space to give you a roster, that would be how I would sell it. How do you do that in Edmonton? Edmonton has to fork out all the money for him. So, you know, I can't say, I I think Kucherov would be my guy, but we got to let it um, play out. Still enough of a sample size. There's been some You there? I am here. Oh, you cut out. You aren't, though. No, I'm here. Well, not according to my... to my listenings. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Um, I brought up the NHLPA survey at the beginning. Yes. Because Sid was on top of a lot of stuff, and I just kind of wanted to bring him up uh, to congratulate him on the 1,100 points. Well, how many should it be? I remember seeing you write something about that. So when, um, what was it? Um, What was Sid's milestone? Is it 400 goals? 
the one that he struggled to get past it was 400 yeah okay so i wanted to look at the concussion era the before and afters and try and come up with a fair goals per 60 points per 60 at in, in all situations and what i came up with he would have um like right now instead of 1100 he'd have 1338 points that's a lot I mean, that's, <laughs> that's amazing given the era this the skill of the goalies it's it's easy to forget how much he lost from that cheap shot because yes, he came back because you know during that his career was looking mario lemieux is short it's easy to, yeah. uh, to forget the back-to-back -back cups back-to-back con smites no offense to said neither of which he should have won. <laughs> should have been Phil and Gino. Yeah. Um, anyways, but like he's in that discussion because he's healthy and able to play, and that wasn't always a given. And the NHLPA, they voted him uh, most, I think, wanted to play on a team with of current players, hardest to play against. Um, what else was there? I don't know. There are a few of just, them that were pretty good. Just overall awesomeness. And then um, the NHLPA voted on the best forward and, of course, got it wrong. <laughs> Who was it? It was Wayne. Yeah, yeah whatever. He had 70% of the vote. Half. It's really funny, you know... Um, I love how many of, and how I always have these, to say that. How many of these players under 25 will have seen enough footage of what Wayne Gretzky did in the era that he did to get a real feel for the competition he was playing against? I don't know. Not many. No. I mean, I, I don't have all that much myself. I like, do. When I think about it. Like, I, you know... While the NHL vault, I would go back and watch a lot of, like, try to watch as much as I could that I now could listen, handle watching because I, not, that hockey's hard to watch. I'm not counting Corsi's at four years old. <laughs> no. But I watched Wayne at a very early age because my dad would put it on. And I had my uh, little Wayne Gretzky jersey as a kid. So. I got to watch Wayne, and I was in fifth grade when the Kings made their run to the uh, the final against Montreal. So I was old enough to understand, and I rooted for him very hard. He was one of my favorites, still is, even though I shit talk him because it's more to prop Mario up. <laughs> because I just think skill-wise, give me a fucking break. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so you got, uh, Ryan Reeves was voted toughest guy, toughest player. How would you know? He barely fights. No, it's, you know, it's just funny that that was a question on the thing. Stupid. 
Stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, but yeah, I I only brought up the NHLPA stuff because I wanted to talk about Sid a little bit. Having a down year with some good moments. Down down for him. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the thing. Whenever a, a player of his level starts to slip, you still have to take it into context and go, well, he's still better than twenty, you know, eighty percent of the league. Oh, he's still better than you know sixty percent of the league. Until it starts to get down to that fifty percent point, you don't really worry about it. So, um, I got a few questions. Did you get any? I got none. No one ever. No one ever answers to my questions. Just because he's got an accent doesn't mean you can't send him questions. <laughs> um, let's see. Tyler Gething at uh, T-G-E-T-H. And I like the question. Would you rather be the Panthers, Florida Panthers, points behind but games in hand, or the Blue Jackets slash Devils already holding down the playoff spot, points ahead but no games in hand? I'd rather be the guys already in. Yeah, I think um, in this situation, yes, because I think the Panthers are on a 15-3 and three stretch, and I don't think they're as good as that stretch. Uh, so it kind of depends on the teams involved sometimes. But most most times you want to have already banked it. But as a player, almost you'd, you'd want to feel ownership with the games in hand. Hey, it's up to us to do it. But I would still say, yeah, you want... You want the bank points because this sport is stupid. <laughs> you can kick a team's ass and lose. Wow. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things where points bank are points you don't have to try and, and, and make up. And, you know, Carolina had games in hand earlier in the year and could never, could never get in front. They might have popped into the playoff position maybe three times. So all it takes is for them to, to go, you know, one and two in their, their next three games, and they're still sitting outside the position. You, you need the points. That's the thing. If you've got them, they're there, and, and you don't have to worry about, shit, the next game we can't lose, shit, the next game we can't lose. Yep. I think we're both in agreement there. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Cummings, at VP underscore Ryan C., Based on teams projected to make the playoffs, what are your ideal matchups for the Pens in each round? In other words, if you could control how the teams finish with points, what matchups would you want? Um, yeah, so any thoughts on that? Um, if I was Pittsburgh, I'd want to go um, Columbus because they seem to own Bobrovsky, and then after that, whichever team has the worst goaltender. Um, I would do the same thing they did last year. I'd go Columbus, Washington, because Washington won't beat them. Just because, right? Well, it's... and I people say Philly's a bad matchup. I don't know. I don't know. It just it comes down to like Philly's better than I ever gave him credit for this year. Hey, you said. They're out. They're not going to make the playoffs full stop after they had their 10-game losing streak. I remember. 
yeah, how many people would realistically? No, I in the same boat. Like they've done a terrific job of of turning it around. Um, they have got eleven points for OT losses. So that's the problem. That's why I hate this point system. Yeah, so I'd go Columbus. Assuming um, Washington won their first round matchup against uh, Philly or whoever. Yeah, the Capitals seem like they're not that good this year. No. They're not bad, but they're not like... Like, Washington fucking killed the Penguins last year, and it still didn't work. Yeah, no. And then in the Eastern Conference Finals, I would have to go with Toronto. One, for an entertainment standpoint. Two, because Tampa is fucking good, and Boston, I think, is a bad fit. Because Bergeron is going to be one of few players that if you put him up against Sid or Gino... You nullify him. But the the thing for that isn't just the nullifying part of it, is that they can destroy you offensively as well. Like, not only will they nullify Sid, but there's a very good chance that it, when it comes to the playoffs and it's it's sheer counting stats that, that matter in the sense of you just need to score goals, Sid could come out of that minus seven over a seven-game series quite comfortably and you're like well he's you know one of the main drivers of our scoring and he never came out in front that's the scary part about Bergeron for anybody if he gets back healthy and, and back to 100% which I think he will I hope so so um yeah although I would take any of Tampa Boston or T- Toronto because that would mean uh, Eastern Conference final stupid playoff format I know. It's, it's fucking ridiculously pathetic. They need Batman to hurry. Okay, so this is the thing. The NBA has gone in leaps and bounds since Gary Stern wrapped up. You know what I mean? New general manager, uh, new, um, what the fuck's he called? New commissioner comes in and, you know, they go on in leaps and bounds. Change the way the game looks a little bit, those sorts of things. I. I can't see the NHL changing with the new, you know, Bill Daly's going to get the job, right? I don't think Gary plans on, Bill might die before Gary gives it up. Jesus Christ. And Gary's a vampire, so as long as he stays out of the sunlight. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's that's probably the thing for me. There, There are certain things that, this league just, it needs a fresh set of eyes running it from the top down. And I know that's hard because you've got 31 owners and a lot of them have been around for a long time. But you need a, a fresh set of eyes to go, all right, we need to move in this direction. Um, yes. Last one I have. Jared at Lassiter, 4242. And who are the four guys on your Mount Rushmore of NHL reporters slash scoop guys? Well, it would have to be McKenzie and Friedman, wouldn't it? I know. Like, that's that's two. And um, 
actually hung out with Elliot for an evening at a Roger Nielsen coaches clinic one time. Good dude. He did. He seems that way. Me, him, my buddy, and Dave Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Um, this was way before uh, writing about hockey or into advanced stats or any of that. I um, was, I would like to put Rob Rossi on that. Jeez. And the reason I say that is he knows he knows his audience and he knows how to get them riled up. And he gets into he, – he, well, he was getting inside info. I don't know if it's changed since he moved Rob away. Rob Rossi on the Mount Rushmore with Bob and Elliot. I wasn't just suggesting that it wasn't a, a 1996 Pittsburgh Penguins roster drop-off. Who else? I, so who have you got? If you're going to look at scoops, are you looking at like Chris Johnson from Sportsnet? Who does it in the American market? Who who has that inside info that does what Kiprios does as well? Where do we? Where do you get that source in the states? Who have you got? I'm curious. Pierre will talk to their high school coach when they get texted. <laughs> <laughs> um, does Lebrun look like? What's Lebrun do now as well? Like. No, no, he's not on there for me. So if we look at it, uh, this is a tough scoops. question. This is a tough question because one, we ask questions as we were recording this, so there's no preparation. No. You never heard the question. I got to glance at it for like ten minutes. Like you, you just got thrown this question. The, oh, um, re- reel off the question for me again quickly. Mount Rushmore of NHL reporters slash scoop guys. Because if you go for the scoop guys, then it, it, it would literally just be McKenzie, Friedman. Or reporting. Kiprios because no, of the scoop. That, the, I, look, I, the scoop factor he comes up with where he gets his information from, I, I think he's got contacts. No, he doesn't. Evgeny Malkin's played his last game as a pet. No, I realize, I realize that. You can't make that bold statement and then have it blow up in your face as they win two fucking cups or whatever. After that, yeah, that's a really good point. So who who does the scoop side of things in the states though? Michael Russo. More... Who? Michael Russo of uh, in Minnesota for the oh, Athletic. Okay. Right, I follow. As him. far as like news stuff, he he's he's a wild guy, but like. He, he's across it, yeah. He does a good job, even though you know the wild don't pique my interest most years. Um, but this is a tough question without preparation. Because you've got to try and work out what you value. I mean, it's, not, it's certainly not I'm, a Darren Dreger. No, I've got the two that I'm happy with. After that, you sort of go, well, I have to actually have a proper think about it, I suppose, because. Is there an Australian monument with just two guys on it on a mountain hill with their faces chiseled yeah, out? Because exactly. that's what it would be. Well, it, cause it, it's, that's Bob, the, it's the Bob Father and Elliot. Yeah. I mean, what do you go for? Intimate knowledge of the team at a local level? Do you go for national coverage? Do you look I like at guys? James Myrtle, that, but I don't know if he's quite a, a scoop guy. No, and he's not. That's the thing. So it's like, what's, what's, the, what's the value you, you, you want to take most? It's tough to be a scoop guy when the other guys fucking slaughter. Like, they get it. 
Yeah. No, I'm just glancing at the bunch of the NHL logos and Yeah, I struggle to find um anyone besides those two really. Arthur Staple does a good job for the Islanders. As far and as then, I, so I the issue he has from yeah. first with the Islanders. The issue he has, though, is that it's the Islanders at the smaller market. He doesn't get the notoriety that he probably deserves. Oh, I know. It's smaller market in New York. <laughs> no, I know <laughs> what you mean, though. Uh, I know who I'm forgetting. I, I got at least a third here. Yeah. My TSN insider once a year, Travis Yost. Do you class him as a reporter or an analyst? One day a year, he's insider Travis. Yeah, that's true. I think Bob throws him a few bones. <laughs> Yost, Yost and Dello, for me, are great because they come at things from different directions. They're, they're, they're not deliberate contrarians, um, and they, they don't just flow with the rest of the crowd. So I, I think in regards to looking at things from a different point of view, I quite like That's it. not so much scoop reporting, but yeah. No. Those are my two stack guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry, the cat just cracked the shit since she was coming in and hunting me down. Anything else? You're, I think we're good, you're, aren't we? You're, your stupid cat made more noise than my kids. I think that's a win. Or maybe they choked each other out. I don't know. That's not a win. <laughs> no, it's not. Maybe Kirby gets the win. Well, Shit, yeah, I'm going to have to buy the full off. version of that game if that's the case. Yeah. Probably will be anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Super Smash Brothers. Nintendo had their little uh, Nintendo Direct announcement. And that's coming this year. That'll be cool. That and Mario Tennis. Mario Tennis. I fucking love the Switch. It's fucking awesome. I'm still playing Zelda. Still going. I can beat Ganon in my sleep. That's not the point. I got this asshole that wants fucking 55 mushrooms. and <laughs> There's all these side quests from these fucking assholes at the horse stables. They want the most petty bullshit. And then I get rewarded. This one kid I play hide-and-go-seek with, he gives me a fucking rock of salt. I'm like, why the fuck am I wasting my time with you? It's a rock of salt, man. It's important stuff. Yeah, fucking mix it with some beef. That I slaughtered some ram up in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Right, you gotta make meals and shit. If we're gonna get this detailed with Zelda, I'm out. You're out. I'm out. Have you ever played any of the Zeldas? Yeah, no, no, I don't mind. I don't mind Zelda. I just, you know, I don't like have. Game a... of the year, man. I got. <sighs> Trust me, there's more of an audience right now for Zelda than there is any of the hockey bullshit we talk about. Oh no. I'm down with that. I'm not going to hear me argue that at all. You're not going to hear me argue that whatsoever. Yeah. All right. You or me. Who's drawing the short straw this week? I'll draw the short straw. All right. You know where to find us. He's at Gunner Stall. I'm at Walsh's 66. We've got at hockey underscore hurts on Twitter. 
Find us on iTunes and rate us if you could, please. That would be great. Maybe other people will find us because of that. Um, uh, and, and thank you. That that number has jumped, so thank you. Yeah, oh, thank you very much. I never look. How bad am I? Um, we're also on Patreon if you'd like to contribute. Um, I think it's Patreon. Um, I think it's just Hockey Hurts at Patreon. We'll, we'll find it for you. We're on Facebook as well. <laughs> Patri- Patreon.com slash Hockey Hurts. Yeah, see, that'd be fine. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, and I think that's it. Anywhere else you can find his Facebook? writing at hockey, you can find his writing at, at hockey bars. My writings at, at hockeyhurts.com. Um, I think I've got it all this time. Did you do Facebook? Yeah, I said Facebook. Just search for Hockey Hurts podcast. You'll find it in there. Cool. All right, three weeks in a row, and great news, right? <laughs> We didn't even mention it before the podcast. Tomorrow, our clocks get back to our 12-hour difference instead yes! of thir- 13. So um, that that will – I know it's only an hour, but the way it works, it's so much more advantageous for us to where he's – if it's 10 a.m. here, it's 11 p.m. there, and it's it just makes things more difficult. To go 10 and 10 makes it so much more doable. And that's honestly the reason for the um, the weeks that we didn't do it. It wasn't that we didn't want to do it. It's just life happens and that fucking 13-hour shit doesn't work at all. No, no, it doesn't. You need to change time zone. Tell you what. The, yeah, yeah. I got it. The, the guy who lives 50 miles from an NHL city's gotta fucking change the time zone <laughs> they're not gonna point the finger at me no 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 <laughs> uh yeah so um i will say this the hockey hurts podcast has to be the the hockey podcast with the widest uh time zones yeah we have to be winning something there surely especially the melbourne days oh was, that was 14 hours no it was 16 at times wasn't it oh because we had our daylight savings and yours turned off yeah, it, it got big at one stage there. 16 was almost better than 12, though, in some ways. Yeah, it just depended or on 13, who's, how say. drunk, I think, was the problem with that one. There is a recording out there on my hard drive of me passing out during the Eastern Conference uh, <laughs> preview our first year, I think. Yeah, I just and flat I want out, that. I, want I just that. flat I out passed out. I don't know if I still have it, but it got to um, the Atlantic division. We we pounded out all the divisions. It was like a good 40 minutes at least on each one, right? Yeah, it was a really good podcast, and then someone just vanished. I couldn't hear, I couldn't hear him. I didn't know where he was. Yeah, that wouldn't was re- it. Wouldn't reply to any of my messages. I found out, like, I don't know, 12 hours time. Yeah, sorry, I passed out. It's like 4 a.m. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Whoops. Ah, yes, the younger years. Uh, passing out and chainsaws. Those were the days. They were indeed. So, All right, all let's right. get out of here. Cool. All right, thanks for listening. See you next time. Gotcha, guys.